Everybody's trading in their Pentax 6.7s. Well, What's going I'm on doing the that? reverse. So. Like See? See? Exactly. Like the drill drone back up. positive. Super positive. Hey, everybody. My name is Michael Rosso. Welcome to the Film Photography Podcast, episode number 154, November 15th, 2016. It's an exciting day. It's an exciting day. Every day is an exciting day for film. I'm here in the studio with Leslie Lazenby. Hello, loves. Mark O'Brien. Hey, everybody. Mr. Matt Marash. Hey, what's, hey, what's, up, what's guys? up, guys? We're going to get right into it with a letter. This is from David Sa- Savkovic. Savkovic. This is from David Savkovic. He says, hey, I just wanted to drop a note that I'm three episodes into your podcast. <laughs> Who are those people talking? <laughs> I have much more to catch up. Just think how much old David, just think how much older you're going to be when you finally get finally to hear up. this. And smarter. Right. <laughs> Loving the show so far. I'm glad you have, fa- have found you guys. I have a slew of film cameras. Roll my own 35 Ooh. with 10 plus year old Ilford film and develop at home. I took a class years ago and I recently dug out all my old stuff. I just need to find a dark room, in quotes, so I can yank out my 1970s and larger. Whoa. Well, we have the deck tall. Yes, we do. Right here in the FBP and the stop bath. online store. And the Peter stop bath. Mm-hmm. Anyways, thanks, guys, for the great shows. Looking forward to catching up to 2016. Me too. And then this came in a few months ago, two months ago. I forgot to mention it. Uh, I get uh, the Florian Caps Super Sense news. Oh, you guys okay. get all that? Yes, sure do. And he says, save it like a Polaroid picture. And I think that Doc Florian Caps, former, you call him uh, head honcho, Former head honcho at the Impossible Project, he is saying that that the future of four of the future of instant peel film is New Fifty Five. He does a blog about their four by five instant, mm-hmm. which uh, me and the gang we're going to go out and shoot some of this if I can find my my, <laughs> my back my my film holder. If you folks listening don't know what New Fifty Five is, please uh, just Google uh, New Fifty Five film and check out the site. Mm-hmm. The Google. Google, and of course. If you want to know what Doc Florian Caps is up to, you would go to Super Sense, Super, you know, as in Super 8, Super Sense, S-E-N-S-E, so you guys at home can check all that out. And uh, we'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Color, coming right at you. Color, coming to stay. Sharp, beautiful pictures in minutes with Pronto, Polaroid's low-priced automatic, and the new Super Clear SX-70 film. It's clear, it's got to be Pronto. It's clear, it's got to be Pronto. It's clear, Polaroid's Pronto. What do you say? Pronto! Hey, we're back. Matt? Hey. Matt's going to... We're going to start out with awesome update. I think you're going to tell us what's hot, what's not, which is always great. Oh, yeah. So fall 2016. Exactly. You know, I I see a lot of cameras come, a lot of cameras go uh, at the Midwest Photo Exchange. Uh, You know, we buy, sell, trade there. So it's really interesting uh, being in the heart of the Midwest, one of the bigger camera stores uh, in that region. You just see a lot, you know, you get a lot of traffic. You get a lot of people coming from all over the U.S. The biggest trend I've seen, I mean, there's some pretty obvious things uh, in this list, too, but there's some pretty big surprises, too. So, um, surprise! uh, Specifically, like the the medium format stuff, uh, what's back in? Anything 6x6. Hasselblads, they're up nearly 100%. 
uh, price-wise from where they were uh, back in 2013-2014. Wow. So the prices are going way, way back up. Even on the old, you know, the single-coated stuff, the, the chrome lenses, the planars, the non-T-star-coated uh, stuff, way back up. So if you've got a Hasselblad and you bought it way back when it was worth uh, very little, you make some, make some bank on those. Yeah, um, the wide, I know. I, I will never sell mine, regardless of how hard times get. Uh, so Hasselblads are getting a little, little pricier, scooped up a little bit more. Uh, Rolleflex. Oh. Those don't stay in the store uh, not even 24 hours. There's a, there's a waiting list. If, no it's a, if it's a 2.8, it's, it's gone instantly. Uh, prices remain pretty steady on those. Yashica Mat 124Gs, I think for the same reason. I know. Those literally can't stay in the store. Like, mm-hmm. they get received, and people can smell them. Uh, less than two hours, they're gone. I always uh, said that about you, remember? Yeah. Oh, I know. It, it's true. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, that's, that's your, it's your student version of your, your, 2.8, uh, your 2.8 Raleigh's, and they just have a really good look to them, and they fetch a good price. They do, so. and everybody wants to be Vivian Meyer. Yeah, that's the hot, I mean, that's they come in the, asking, yeah. what's Can the, the Vivian, Vivian Meyer, Meyer camera? camera? Oh, well, the Vivi- oh, yes. Wow. Yeah, so that's what, what is the Vivian Meyer camera? It's a Rolleiflex, yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Real quick. We're talking about medium format, like 120 roll film. Roll film, yes. For folks who do not shoot this. And roll film, regarding depending what camera you put it in, you get a different frame size, correct? Exactly. The, the film doesn't change. Uh, the camera changes uh, how you're shooting it. Yeah. Because the... The back. I, I get many emails saying, oh, how many exposures will I get out of this roll well, film? what's your camera? Yeah. Yeah. What's sure. your camera? Exactly. Always look at your camera manual. Yeah. Definitely. And then Vivian Meyer, for folks who don't know... If you, where have you been, folks? <laughs> Get out of your under from your rock. She's the famous nanny now who mm-hmm. shot her whole life and then just didn't show anyone her pictures. Mm-hmm. No, in, no uh, social media there, Mark. No, no, no. She just put all her film in a box. Mm-hmm. Instagram would have ruined her anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so because of the documentary and all the press, it's on pe- Netflix, people are coming on Hulu, yeah, into your. Shop store. asking for a camera, or they see the camera and they're like, oh, I saw that in the Vivian Meyer documentary, and they want it, and it's like, and it's like a roller cord that's falling apart, and I'm like, no, that's that's not the one, and then they, they, their finger eventually hits the the raw flex, and they and they're saddened when they hear how much it costs. So, yeah. but those are still really hot. But the most surprising thing out of all the student cameras and medium format cameras I see come and go, a surprising number of. Pentax 6.7s have come back in. I don't know if the, the craze has ended on those or or everybody everybody with the Pentax is falling on hard times, but a lot of those cameras have been coming back in. So 6x7 SLRs uh, coming in mass, and, and you can get a good price on them right now. That's funny because I got another Pentax 6x7 recently, and it came with a 90-millimeter lens. And I've just fallen in love with that camera all over again. So I sold the one I had a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and I went out and did a bunch of shooting on Agfa APX 100, Ooh. and I just and I just got these wonderful images out of it. And so for me, I like the, the ergonomics of the camera and the prism and all that. It's like a just like a giant 35 millimeter. Yeah, and and that's an attraction. But it is a heavy camera. Except you need a shoulder stock because it kicks it kicks back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, well, you put it on a tripod. It's definitely a tripod camera. Yes. But I do. I've seen people shoot street photography with those things. They have their own little quirks, but they're not they're not sexy like the Hasselblads and and the Raleigh's. They're more utilitarian, but they're they're good cameras. I think the mirrorless cameras have also like the mirrorless digital have made people very weight conscious, regardless oh, yeah. of the oh, camera. Yes. But at the same time, like the toy, not the toy cameras, but like your point and shoot thirty fives aren't 
aren't as popular right now either. Uh, the bi- just your big big names that you think would be big right now. So your your like your Hasselblad, your standbys. Those are those are still appreciating. But I was just really surprised to see all these six sevens rolling in from different sources. But what seemed like at the same time. So it's like. Huh. It's like there's some some uh, film photography equivalent of Fox News that's saying buy 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 sell sell like just like just giving giving a camera financial advice. We're not trying to do that, folks. I'm just trying to give you my take on what's uh, what's happening uh, with the cameras. And then for students, what was blowing out the door this fall uh, and still is for students coming in and getting cameras for their 35 millimeter class, uh, K1000s, best student camera of all time. No surprise there. Uh, FMs. A lot of kids oh, opting for oh, FMs. Yeah. FM FM twos don't even like make it to the shop because people never sell them. They're they're right. rock solid. Uh, FMs and then those F chromes we talked about a few months ago. It kept the it kept the buzz going. Oh you really? Know? Yeah. Wow. Cool. Still have a lot of those. Uh, but then what what's getting no love? I think people are learning uh, the the death squeal of the AE one. Yes. They know what that sounds like. What? Yeah. <laughs> what's wrong with that? Well, they, they Doesn't hit. mean it's gonna die. No, it gives it charm. <laughs> it sounds like a squealing what, pig. Was the AE one popular? No, they just they're hanging out on the shelf. No, people don't want AE ones. No, the regular they, older they program. Want, they want older, older manual, manual. like all manual. So it's yeah. spin time here. What yeah. about the K1? Think about the deal you can get on an AE one down at Midwest. Absolutely. <laughs> what about the K one thousands with this? Oh, they're class. I mean, we have tape uh, we have on them. School, so we have an EDU department. We have mm-hmm. teachers that uh, have waiting lists. They're like, as soon as you get twenty AE ones, I will pay you such and such for you know this with all the lenses. So we're always those are always sold. As soon as they get, and then Minolta's. Uh, Minolta's get no love at, at the Midwest. Just too bad because you, they're solid so, cameras. They are. Yeah. An XGM. In the right series, they are. Yeah. Yeah, and then anything with the old uh, Minolta AF, basically anything that uh, Sony adopted into its A mount is also gets no love because that, and that's also because the mirrorless has yeah. just eroded mm-hmm. uh, any any value uh, for that. So. Uh, that's what's going on with those cameras with, uh, you know, large format. Large format doesn't really change. That's kind of a nice thing. Uh, if it folds up and it's made of wood, it's gone. Uh, if it's a big monorail, it's, uh, it's a very nice counterpiece, but it doesn't do too many things. Thank you, Matt. Yeah, thanks, guys. And uh, thanks for keeping your finger on the pulse out of uh, Midwest Photo Exchange. Yeah, and I encourage anybody looking to buy, sell, trade, you know, come on in. I'll, uh, I'll beat you up on price. I'm always the bad cop, but I have a smile on my face. So. <laughs> well, how can people reach you via email? Oh, uh, Matt, M-A-T, at M-P-E-X dot com. That's my work email. Um, I always tell folks the easiest way to, like, get, you know, get a quote on something, take a cell phone snap, uh, give me, you know, whatever you can. I don't want the life story. Um, if it's something that I would care about the serial number for, so like a Rolleiflex or a Leica, something I'd have a hard time IDing based on a picture, give me that. But otherwise, I can get you a rough quote of what they're going for. I try to meet or beat, you know, the competition, and we can do a, we can do a check or we can do a trade in, which is you know always better for you know pretty much anything in the store. So. What could I trade in 10 Argus C3s for? <laughs> C3s. Uh, I will actually throw them out for you, and I'll, uh, I'll take $10 from you. They are actually very good for building material. Oh, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A little mortar. Yeah. A little mortar, yes. and you're good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, uh, the Argus C3 35-millimeter camera is most famous for it being shown in the Harry Potter films <laughs> yeah. back at the uh, turn of the century. Yeah. This century. Yeah. <laughs> 
Maybe you uh, could maybe you could reskin them as the different Harry Potter houses. That oh, would be an outlet. Uh, that'd be it. Yeah. yeah. Get get a hold of a Kiyosai. Right? Yes. Have him make some custom. He'd be happy to. Yeah. That would be yeah. that would be the best way to sell C threes. Thank you, Matt. Uh-huh. We're going to be right back. Hey, this is Michael Rosso, host of the Film Photography Podcast, and a huge thank you to folks out there who have donated to the FPP over the last few months or year. If you love the FPP and really dig the podcast and continued blogs, videos, then please consider donating to the Film Photography Project. And you could do so very easily by either finding a camera, a film camera that works, and consider donating it to the show. Do you have any excess film that you're not shooting? Or if you can make a contribution, you could easily do that on the FPP Film Photography Project site and click Donate. Everything that's received is used for the Film Photography Project and its podcast, and any monies that are made in the FPP store just fuel the podcast. Let's keep these shoes going. The Film Photography Podcast. It's here for you. That's right, yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much. Hey, we're back. You know, we were chit-chatting before we started recording infrared. Yeah. Uh, what about it? Black and white infrared. Mm-hmm. Right before we started uh, recording today, we were talking about color infrared. People go mm-hmm. crazy for color infrared. FPP is one of the only sources for color infrared. And talking about Matt getting beat up on price, FPP color infrared is currently $20.99 a 24 exposure roll. What? Yes. No. Yes. Seriously? Everybody else is like 50 bucks a roll. And I'm still getting no matter beat what down. It is. Uh, you know, stores contact me want want better price. Like, th- this is no such thing as a no. better price. You you're it. This is it. I mean, and at a re- ridiculous price, I can't guarantee it's going to stay that price. People are still assaulting me with questions like, uh, how much supply do you have? Where do you get it from? Who are you? Can I see the books? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so color infrared and then uh, late 2015 we started carrying FPP black and white infrared yes which Mm -hmm. people ask me questions oh you're you're, you're getting them now as you speak well technical (laughs) details I could I could find people want to know how many uh, nanometers or something yep the lines spectral sensitivity Uh that's it spectral sensitivity and I can tell you folks what it is this is FPP black and white infrared, and I'm going to turn the microphone over in one second to Mark O'Brien. He's going to talk about FPP black and white infrared versus and Ilford SFX 200. Mm-hmm. And then Leslie recently did an experiment with FPP black and white infrared film, and she uh, was able to squeeze a glow and a white leaves on trees. But really quick, people saying, what are you talking about? I don't understand. What's an infrared? Well, we're going to tell you all that. We're going to tell you. I'll tell us. The FPP black and white film is sensitivity on the range of wavelengths 70 to 850 nanometers. 850? Yeah. Ooh, we haven't seen that since Konica days. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. okay. Infrared really fast. The sun is your friend. The more you have, the more IR you probably will see, but not guarantee, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, set your f-stop to f-16 and adjust the shutter speed for correct exposure. Remember to meter through your filters. And the filters you would use are 
either a, a 25 a, red. 25A red. Or a super, super IR, can't see through oh, it. Oh, but then you have to do something different. R72s are great for this kind of and film. And I'm R72. using an 87, and at that, that point you can't uh, meter I, through. I can talk about the, the 87. 87 is the 10 stop, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes, okay. Yeah. So, Mark. Unpublished 10 stop. We'll, yeah, we'll uh, chime in, but tell you have it as a topic. Uh, tell us your experience with okay. these. Okay, so I, I got in this little kick of let's shoot a bunch of IR, black and white IR film. And so um, I had a two cameras, one had uh, Ilford SFX 200, which is what we might call IR light because it's um, not necessarily heavy into the IR spectrum. And so you'll get IR-like effects um, using filters with that film. And then I had a roll of the FPP InfraPan in the other camera. I shot everything fairly identically, and I felt that with just... And I, on each camera, I had a red 25A filter, which is not a deep red filter, but it's, it's their standard red filter, mm-hmm. and a polarizer. So the, the polarizer will give you more, more contrast and, and dark skies and, and white fluffy clouds. So I shot both of those um, over the course of a couple days and developed them both the same. And with, uh, I think I put them in uh, D76 one-to-one. And I liked what I got, but the thing was, neither film with just the red filter and the polarizer really gave me the kind of IR effects that we might be accustomed to with a, with the old Kodak HIE right. infrared, um, which is much deeper in the spectrum. But I had a few images from the SFX 200 where I did get white white grass and white leaves in the, in the image because I was focused on a predominantly black subject in the foreground. So it was giving more, I was oh, okay. overexposing the image. And so that's the key there with that. If you have a red filter on that camera, probably add... A, a couple stops to your exposure to get more IR effect on that film. Or you can go for an R72 filter later on, see how that compares. With the InfraPan, I just wasn't seeing the kind of IR effects I, I was hoping for. Although, if you did, if I photographed someone, uh, their skin did look that milky white. The overall effect was not what I, what, I, what I was expecting. But then I saw what Leslie got with her experiments, and that really gave me some hope. It also gave me hope, too, because I have... She's um, our new hope. I've been fielding <laughs> some questions from uh, customers. The Internet. And uh, an eBay customer was very agitated. He, I think he called me a fake. <laughs> Is that right? <gasps> You're real. I can attest to that. Yeah, he he was claiming that don't sell this film if it's not going to give me IR effects. And as Leslie and I have talked about many times, with, and also with Mark, with all film, there's so many factors involved. Yes. And in IR... It has to do with how much IR waves are in the air. Is that it? How oh. much is getting through? Reflected. Yeah, how much getting is reflected? Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah, so there's so many factors involved, and I think because people are paying a little bit more money for this film, they want to buy the picture. They want their picture to look like what they're seeing on mm-hmm. as examples. But it depends where you are. Right. What time of day? So uh. I was a little discouraged for a while, like, oh, boy. But then I thought <laughs> Leslie yeah. shot some images and the trees were white. Yeah, these yes. look great. Tell us, what is your secret? <laughs> Share your secret, please. I did my first test very methodically. Tripod. And I've used the same camera all summer for all my tests. So I, you know, I didn't want any variables there. First off, black and white infrared, 
you never know what you get until it comes off the reel. Mm-hmm. No matter how much you've done it, you can think you're going to know. But that is the joy of infrared. You don't know what you're going to get till you get it. But anyway, my, my first test went ISO 200, F16. Mm-hmm. I shot a test shot with no filtration. And this was on an incredibly clear, bright day. So I already had some blue in the sky. I had water. Yep. I had some trees. No filtration. Okay. Red filter, which is a 25A. And I bracketed these normal. And then I added a stop of exposure. And then I added two stops. So normal and a plus one and a plus two. Then I did the exact same thing again with the 25A and the polarizer. Mm-hmm. Then I did the exact same thing with an 87, which you cannot see at all through an 87. It's dark. It's dark. And they Tiffin calls it a black and white only. Yes. The whole spectr- the whole visible spectrum is cut off by then. That's why. Okay. So yeah. no, co- no color that we good. can perceive is getting through. It's black and white only IR for yes. that filter. Yeah. Yes. 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 And it, if you read the Tiffin specs, it says that. So, okay. But, yeah. uh, and, but I only did – I didn't – that normal and a five-stop range, yep. and I got just the ever-so-slight bit of an image. And I thought, oh, okay, processed them, and I was not happy. Neither was I neither never were the customers. No, I'm thinking <laughs> I should have had, I mean, I, I, I can't tell you how many hundreds of rolls of HIE I shot. I know infrared. Well, that's what people I've are. People infrared. are using the HIE as the basis, mm-hmm. right? And that's not but, the but same. That's film. The, but that's not the same. Yeah, this it's, this it's is actually. Well, I'll, I'll get to. I'll, but, but I'll yeah. chime in. Yeah. Um, so a day or so later, I went out. And this time, I stayed in town. The other time, I made a little hour and a half drive away because I wanted a different look than Findlay. And uh, <laughs> why would that be? <laughs> yeah, everything's in Findlay. Shot on my lunch hour, and uh, went down to Donnell Pond, and there were. Um, um, Fish scale clouds. Um, they're not cumulonimbus. They're cirrus. Cirrus. Cirrus stratus. Not solid. There was some coming through, and I thought, well, I'm not really going to get that much, but I don't have much time to do this. I did just 87, and essentially I added 10 stops of exposure. I started at 6, but there's a whole – but when you boil down, I mm-hmm. added 10 stops of exposure. Yep. Holy crap, I got it. There it was. But what's interesting about that day, this was closer to noon, about 12.30. The other one, the first test was 3 in the afternoon. I got a reasonable infrared look on that film without any filtration. That's weird. And it, it's on there. That was, that was exposed 200 just through the well, line of 16. It's the day, the delicious ambiguity of infrared. Well, why don't you need a filter to, to filter? I did, I did it as my test shot. Mm. And uh, then, of course, the filter really snapped it into place. Yeah. Gave me really what I was looking for. When I'm looking at these negatives right here, without even reading the notes, um, this looks just like what I've been using for years uh, in the EFKI infrared, the Mm -hmm. the now discontinued EFKI. I treat it the same way. Uh, R72 or 87, it's about the same exposure because it doesn't see so far. Like the 87's overkill, it doesn't do as Oh, it, for that it doesn't? It adds a little bit of snap, but oh. not as much. I think this the FPP sees a little bit more than the FKE did. I would always add somewhere between 6 and 10 stops to it. So every, I yeah. was surprised when Mike said it was 850. Yeah, that's, that's so, crazy. Uh, mm-hmm. I also changed developers on that. Did you notice that? The first oh. is X-Tall. The second's Diaphine. 
Di- oh, okay. Back to diaphine, huh? Well, importance of tagging. I did some uh, searches on Flickr to see what maybe people were using. Mm-hmm. There was a gentleman that was doing diaphine. I thought, I've got diaphine mixed. I'll just, I'll do this one in diaphine. Yeah. And actually, I the one I scanned and put on um, Flickr was probably the four second, not the eight second. You know what, though? Just looking at the ones you did... Uh, by the waterfront with the yes. little bit of clouds in the sky, a 25A and a polarizer, you're already kicking. The, this stuff's See ar- the, the difference in the, the sky? Yeah, it's already kicking butt versus uh, Ilford SFX, oh, I think. Really? Okay. I think, yeah. I mean, now, six Now, that was one, later yeah. in the day, and that may have been the problem. We're starting into early evening mm-hmm. with yeah, 3 or 3.30. Less angle in the sky, less Could reflecting be, around. Yep, and, yeah, and, you know. People were throwing dead fish at me and that kind of thing, and <laughs> but it's, pretty it's close to the highway. this. This has a but, really nice look, but yeah, definitely the. Uh, I would recommend an R seventy two. Eighty sevens are getting really pricey because oh my no, gosh. not many pe- people are using I, them. I looked up the forty nine millimeter version, and I had to switch cameras on this. Three hundred bucks. Three hundred bucks? No, no, I think just, it was like hundred. <laughs> it was one hundred and thirty four for a forty nine millimeter. Made oh by who? Tiffin. Tiffin. Holy man! Yeah, yeah, Tiffins. Whew. And that's all I have is a Best piece of glass you ever had. Yeah. Well, 49 millimeter is all I have for the 87. So yeah. So in this which case, I, got, I, had I, use. I was fortunate enough to stumble into Imagine That when I needed a monster. What did I buy off of you? What was that? A 77. It was a 70 or an 82. Or an 82. It was a monster. It was a yeah. monster. 82 millimeter so size filter. filter. But it's an 87. I mean, so. And was it a 72? I don't nope, mean millimeters. A, I mean an R72. No, it's an, it was an 87C that oh, I got wow. off of you. Wow. Yes. And I've got a, sh- uh, a rat and sheet of this somewhere, <laughs> but I've got to find it. Oh, the rat and sheets are great. Yeah. Uh, and for most intents yeah. intense and purposes, those are great. Yeah. So it, it just you has to You guys are talking about but, filters to mm-hmm. use with black and white IR film. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. So and and you're also, really looking for white trees. It's going to be essential to invest in this filter. And I would recommend, you know, get a tripod. If, if, get, get a freaking tripod. I cannot handhold <laughs> yeah. eight seconds. Mike Rosso know. can. I <laughs> cannot not. handhold eight seconds. I recommend yeah, if you, if you haven't gotten an infrared filter before, look at a, a 25A and that polarizer because those are yeah. just good pieces of kit for anything yes. black and white, and you then polarizer it. for anything color. But if you want to really get into infrared, and let's say you dabble in digital as well, uh, R72 is double duty. It double will help. Duty. It will help you with both. It's the most popular infrared filter aside from getting your camera modified. So uh, right. that's also a good way to do it. And they're a lot cheaper. There's there's a dozen different companies making R72s, including you know Chinese direct ones on eBay. Don't buy those. I bought one of those, and it was lighter red than a red twenty five. So go oh, with a go really? with a real one. Yeah. Probably the most cost-effective I found. Uh, Heliopan makes one, which is decent. Uh, there's Should also uh, yeah. who also makes one? B plus W. Oh, those of course. Uh, I mean, those are Schneider, so those are great. Right. So, so, so what's the ra- what's the wrap up on the black and white IR? Film? Black and white. Uh, two two we'll thumb table. two thumbs way way up for uh, Infrapan. I just wish it had some sheets. Okay, uh, Matt's <laughs> saying he wants a bigger format. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, but speaking of bigger format, oh. Okay, we'll, we'll come yeah, back. We'll come back. Yeah, come uh, back. Mark, what do you think? Oh, I'm encouraged by it. Now I'll go out and do some more shooting with it. Okay. Leslie, what it's do you think? It's just the whole, you really need to experiment with this. Mm-hmm. I know now I just put it on ISO 200 to add 10 stops for that 87. Actually, I think I could do the 10. 9 as well. One, they two, were both three, acceptable. Four, the printing was, was acceptable. But 
just you just have to be aware that there's so many factors that change this five, look. five or six stops maybe but yeah, yeah. six uh, stops is where i was doing my f key so was it yeah it, so when i calculated six. this down from 200 i knew i was your way down there wow yeah. 10 stops yeah and all but, the folks are shooting but, at i'm sorry go ahead oh oh i was just saying um you're probably going to need, even if you do the 25A and the polarizer, you're probably going to need to add a little exposure to it. Get yeah. that to get it yeah. looking yeah. like More you want it. More of that intensity and uh, time of day. Make notes when you do this so that you can see what works for you and how you want to proceed maybe next time. And, yes, FPP is the place to get this. But I also, when I'm testing something like this, um, have a tendency to shoot only half of the roll take my camera in the dark room and snip it process that end that i've shot and cut a new tail on what's left and load my camera so i don't have to go through an entire roll to test something if i'm doing two or three you know i'm going to try the 25a and the polarizer and that so i actually essentially cut my roll in half gotcha that way i get a little more out of it in the testing uh area so may, may just need short rolls. Uh, we're currently 36 24 expo- exposure. 24, 24 yeah. exposure. Can people bulk it or buy bulk? No. Okay. So but if you you know if you do cut that little wedge or tail in the dark room which is recommended to load this in a total darkness or incredibly limited light camera you're familiar with, you can load it. You don't necessarily have to take it three full strokes then. You can start it pretty early on there and and uh, maintain a lot of your frames well i think uh this is a good month to have the fpp uh, black and white infrared as our special no way well it's 8.99 a roll right now that's already great it is it is great we'll knock one more dollar off sold seriously yeah 7.99 a roll for the next 15 days that's a lot of fun for 7.99 fpp black and white infrared do your research read the product page listen to the podcast uh and don't have expectations of something that's not that needs testing yeah yeah yeah. it's almost like yeah yeah Yeah. also use a manual camera yeah. Definitely. Yes. Uh, on a Canon side, like an AE1, an mm-hmm. FT, uh, Pentax K1000, Nikon. Mm-hmm. What, what's a good Nikon? Oh, FM, FM2N, anything like oh, that. Oh, one other little tip, too. If you have the little um, film cassette window on the back of your oh. camera, Tape it over. cover it up. Just cover it up. Yep. Yeah. Because that's, you know, lets you know there's a film cassette in there. You can look through that window, cover it up. Yeah. It can make an odd little, what oh. looks like. A light leak, yeah. and essentially it is. But there's that little, little cartouche orbs. there. Yeah. Uh huh. I forgot about that. Most of mine don't have that. But if you're buying your film now, it, it, with, with this time period, you're not going to get much in the in the November skies. So you may want to wait and, and save it for summer. Throw it in the fridge. Yeah, put it or, in the fridge. Or go on vacation. Or, or, or go on, on vacation, yeah. yeah. Well, of course, if you're an FPP and you live somewhere right. uh-huh. where you have leaves and all that year-round, yeah. you're good, but... Um, but be I aware of that. Did a little FPP thing where shooting infrared in winter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What to expect and what not. I mean, You're not gonna it's get not going to make brown grass green. No. Yeah. What to what to <laughs> expect? Yeah. Sad but results. But it still will give you some pretty awesome skies. But definitely. Yeah. And, and you yeah. know you can use snow to your advantage. That's white. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> You're halfway don't, home. Uh, don't mention snow. <laughs> so there you go. But this would be a good segue into uh, uh, every episode we're talking about. Uh, FPP has added so much chemistry to its website to mm-hmm. the store. 
Every, we're going to give a refresher every episode of a chemistry. Uh, last time we spoke about uh, Ectol. Ectol. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, you just started right? to carry Dectol. Paper developer. Paper, that is yeah. a paper developer. And, oh, I'm not in the dark room, so I probably won't use that. Oh, contraire. Paper negatives <laughs> are awesome. They are. You can buy a pack of 8x10 paper for your 8x10 camera. You can cut it down to 4x5. Okay, wait, back yep. up. Okay. Folks oh, at home listening, okay. I thought the same thing. It's called Kodak Dectol. It's a paper mm-hmm. developer. I even wrote it on the site, paper developer, so people don't start developing their negs in it. Sure. And that's the first thing I thought. I'm like, same, I had the same grumble, too. Like, uh, I don't have a, sell this crap. I don't have a uh, larger setup. What am I going to do with this? <laughs> paper negatives. Penhole, people that do penhole cameras. People that have large format cameras. Or both. Or both. Does this apply to f- the film washi paper, ne- paper negative or no? Uh, yes, they wanted, they wanted Dectol for that. They wanted a paper developer for that. Uh, if you Google film washi, folks at home, they have a new... It's wild, actually. It's a 35-millimeter paper film. The Google. Imagine uh, you know, a heavy-handed uh, uh, cocky shutter with that... Yeah, I think they recommend maybe a manual advanced camera, more than with one that has a motor drive wind to oh, it. I can just imagine a motor back. George Eastman, eat your heart out. Yes. And I can't imagine. That's that's a dip and dunk in a tray. Because yeah. the second you put that on a reel and it collapses, it's like it's going to be a little ring around the bottom of your tank. But that requires a paper developer. But, uh, but I, uh, getting back to your topic, what, mm-hmm. so what if you're not making your own prints, what can you shoot that's available that people can shoot and then develop in the tray in their dark bathroom paper negatives mm-hmm. like a ilford and, um anything ilford. that does not back print yeah, does ilford. ilford back print um i don't think they do. you you would have to modify it to to have it do that but no, or wait, are we talking no, about the same see, thing no uh kodak rc paper used to have the word Kodak, like oh, they printed on the back. There's none of that. No. Okay. No back. Pr- I thought uh, you meant the, print through the back. No, okay. No, no, no. Gotcha. It would print a negative. It will make a negative. Yep, you so can you make put paper. this piece of paper. You've cut it down to fit your film holders or your pinhole camera, mm-hmm. and you put a piece of paper in there instead of a negative. Yep. Buying a pack of paper is um, under sixteen dollars, under fifteen dollars for twenty-five sheets of eight by ten. Mm-hmm. I'd imagine that. And that gives you yes. That gives you a hundred sheets. Yeah, a 4x5. Word of caution for the 8x10 shooters. If you buy RC paper, resin-coated, the stuff that comes up quicker in your deck tall, uh, that'll fit in just fine. Fiber paper might need to trim just a little Uh. bit on the edge because those... uh, those baffles uh, on the edges, uh, they're very, very, uh, very very sensitive to that little, little bit of raise that the fiber paper can do. So, uh, also Experiment fi- with RC. Yeah, but RC is always the cheapest way to go. Mm-hmm. And if you're doing negatives, RC paper is better because it's going to lay nice and flat. Yep. And you could you, theoretically, you could do it without glass, but glass helps keep yeah. nice contact. So, my, so uh, I have a lot of experience with this because my darkroom buddy, Stephen Tackett, he uses giant uh, RC paper for his brownie camera. The guy with the big brownie. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, the University of Finley is doing paper box cameras. They're doing 11 by 14 pinhole cameras. Oh, yeah. I, I told Spencer to oh. have Stephen come up and do a, do a chat. So but anyway, back yeah. to that paper negative, what it is, it's simply a paper version of a negative. So when you develop it in your deck, of course, you'll be wor- not of course, but you'll be working under a safe light mm-hmm. because you can watch what happens. Then it goes into a stop bath and a fixer. 
and a wash cycle. Then you take that paper negative and you reverse it on top of yeah, another dry. piece of after. after. Yeah, I squeegeed him. I couldn't wait. <laughs> on another piece of that paper, emulsion to emulsion. No, stop it. Mm-hmm. And you treat it like a contact sheet. You can use room light, but an enlarger, of course, is t- t- you can time yeah. it. That's better if you've got it. Process that new piece of paper. Go, hold You've on. exposed through your paper negative. I'm trying to wrap my head around this. Huh? Two pieces of paper. Two pieces of paper. Emulsion to emulsion. Emulsion to emulsion. Mm-hmm. So you're telling me that a light, like light bulb, yeah. will shine through contact. the paper yeah. Yeah. in yes. contact to the bottom sheet? Yep. Yes. Because yeah. it's not a negative. It is a negative. It's, an, negative. it's, it's, negative. Out of the it's a negative image on a piece of paper. Exactly. Right. Yes. It wor- but it works the same. It works the same? Yep. But because there's fibers in those papers, of course, then you process that second sheet and you have a positive. But there's fibers in those paper, paper sheets, um, and it gives it a really cool look. Oh, my God. It's very, and very different nice. And different papers, such as fiber base, have even more in it. Mm-hmm. And, um, so providing you're a decent photographer, not you, I'm talking about, I'm talking about everybody. So providing you're a decent photographer, you could make something that you could give to someone as a gift. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and, and, and this is really nice to And for portraits, it's take a, a really cool effect. It is. Take that 4 by 5 that you shot, put it in the center of an 8 by 10 piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Or oh. gang them up, overlay them, cut them, you know. <laughs> and now just so, yeah, folks, you, you got, folks at home, you following all this, right? I am. So if I'm following it, you guys are. <laughs> Let's say you don't have an enlarger, which would be ideal. Mm-hmm. Just to use that light. What consistent light source would work? Like what size watt bulb? Just a big old hundred watt bulb hanging Nothing down. Nothing real big. You can go. You can go Weston style. Uh, the lowest yeah. wattage you can go usually, but. Uh, Will help, but you can you can use just about anything. I, and actually, I, you can repeat it by using a flash unit too. Mm-hmm. Just oh. give it one pop, strobe, and get that power. Down. more or less. Put it on manual, so it's a repeatable. It's a too nice, much. it's a nice sharp source too. So Pull it it's back, gonna, it's you gonna, know, whatever. Get your adjustments down. Mm-hmm. And it'll be very consistent that way, because yeah. it's not like trying to click on, click off. Yeah. The only requirements for the paper, uh, the, you know, RC paper, especially multi-grade paper, mm-hmm. it sees two colors of light. It sees green, it sees blue. Mm-hmm. You have something that can output blue and green light, you're good to go. So anything that's white balanced light or daylight balanced should get you, get you a good exposure. Um, if it is an older halogen or sodium vapor light, uh, it probably will, but you're going to need more light to get right. there. So. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing I always did is I always used glossy. Uh, Mr. Cunningham did a workshop on this. Mm-hmm. And they're using Pearl. RC Pearl is pretty darn consistent. So. Mm-hmm. Very Works arty. very well, too, as for making these paper negatives. So. And that wow. takes you back, really, if you're doing the paper negatives, it takes you back to the earliest days of photography yeah. when Talbot was doing his salt prints mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and his so-called calotypes. They were done on paper. And then he took another piece of sensitized paper back-to-back and did exactly what Leslie's talking about. So you're going back to 1840s with that process. Yeah. It's a lot wow. of fun. And you can also, since it is blue and green sensitive, if you really get into it, we were talking. We we're just talking about filters, add a nice yellow 15 or a yellow uh, yellow 12 on, or 11 or 12, you or can actually get some finding, separation. Yeah, too much contrast, then mm-hmm. you can use a zero zero out of that multi-film. Knock it down. There yep. you go. Uh, back to the Dectol. Oh, yeah. Dectol comes, I believe, yes. one, I think it's a one-gallon mix or five-gallon or bigger. And of Stop. course, yeah. Mike carries the one-gallon. Yes. It is always diluted to use, so when you mix up Dectol, it mixes up for one gallon. 
And when you go to use it in your tray for mm-hmm. your processing section. Working solution. Working yep. solution. Oh. It's mixed one part Dectol to two parts water. Whoa. Always. Now, pay attention to. I it's, am. It's not really as tight on temperature, but you don't want this blistering hot or blistering cold. Nope. When you, so it's really easy to control. You've got room temperature Dectol. Adjust your water. Mix it and go. Mix what you think you're going to use that day in the tray because it pretty much is one shot. If you mix a bunch, this is a little trick. If you have an 11 by 14 tray, mm-hmm. you mixed it up and you didn't use much, you can put another 11 by 14 right tray on top. on top of it. Cuts the oxidation, the surface that's getting oxygen to, to kill it. Come back the next day and use it. What but about saran wrap? That what, would yes, work when too. I was, when I was printing a show, I, I worked at the uh, Finley Inn and we had those... Uh, the the bulk uh, saran wrap for food containers. Oh, I, I stole one of those and I just uh, <laughs> bring it over the trays. They're still looking for you. Yeah, that's fine. They've been down asking. But yeah. But uh, anyway, yeah. Eight but hours so that's, in, the, um, in the open and, tray. And in its stock state, it's pretty stable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very stable. Over a year, I've had stuff sitting in a. Mm-hmm. In a if for it. Over a year. Uh, gets a funky smell and starts looking like uh, tobacco juice. Yeah, really. Thick. It's history. Yeah. However, pe- lith printers. Like, like, like that? that stuff as a seed for their for the, the list printing. To season their devel- developer, oh, yeah. isn't it? Really? Yeah. yeah. Disposing of it, people are concerned about sending it down the drain. Um, there's the hot water, cold water, and you could use regular vinegar, but as you tip it to go down your drain, you turn the cold water on, cold water kills. Uh, you can add a little vinegar to it because that neutralizes it, and then follow up with hot water because that dissolves. So it's not something you necessarily have to have a special source to dispose of mm-hmm. your finished or used product. Dectol. It's, it's a really old it's formula. It's been in very use much for so. a long, long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just rock solid. It is. Yeah. Industry standard. And you can dilute it for, if you're using high contrast films, you can, let's say, something like uh, Codalith, and you want to develop, make a continuous tone image with Codalith. You can take that Dectol, develop, and, and dilute it one to five or one to ten, and then five minutes in that, and uh, you'll get something. Do they use that for x-ray? Have people uh, done Dectol? Some, a lot of people were keen on using that, but I didn't like it because I, I wanted, uh, I stand by, I don't know if it was you or Jeff that beat that into my head, but uh, five minutes. It has to be at least five minutes. It has minutes. to be at least five minutes, uh, and, and that would have probably been Jeff and I both. And Dectol was like two to three minutes, even, at, even at crazy dilutions, so I didn't mess with it. X-ray film, I almost treat it like I would treat tech pan in most situations, so as knocked down dilution-wise as I can, that's mm-hmm. what I'll use. Okay. Um, but... Similar similar ways of treating it because of oh, how it good. how it handles light. So very similar. But I, I really do like paper for beginners because it's a lot more friendly. Um, it, it actually is better for scratches and all that stuff than X-ray film is. For a while there, you could get actually X-ray film is getting harder to find because everybody's uh, going digital. Even uh, yeah. even the places that uh, all the vet clinics are now digital in, the, in the U.S. Dental offices are, are going that way. So it's getting actually harder to find even the old x-ray film. So paper has become the go-to for like testing holders and mm-hmm. Very nice. stuff. But for the ultra-large, it's still a, still x-ray. Thank you, Leslie. We have a Kodak Dextal paper developer. It's $10.49 for uh, a mixture to make powder to make one gallon. And I'm going to start wearing a shirt with the FPP logo that says no ads. People may ask, and I said this is a previous show, Matt, you weren't here. It's like, this is not an ad-driven show. And you may say, well, I know everything you guys talk about. Just like, you, 
you you know exit out the gift shop. <laughs> but folks listening, this is a club. This is a private. You are listening to a private club. I'm so nuts that I called Matt. Remember, I said. Matt, I want a password to protect the store. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. I was like, I'm tired of, like, outsiders. <laughs> this is a club. Dectol is in the store because of you guys, and mostly because of Leslie. <laughs> like, I would never think of carrying Dectol, but then I'm like, well, you know what? It's a whole, it opens up your mind completely. Like, oh, my God, I could do paper printing without an enlarger. I could do this. I could do that. There are people using enlargers. We're just making more products available for you guys. If it, we always exit in the gift, gift shop, it's because there's a reason. Yeah, and the prices are good. Don't complain. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my god, I, I work at a ma- I work at a major retailer. These prices are ridiculous. Yes. Yeah, buy it there, not at my place. I can't beat him. And I will say this, and I, you know, we're we're seven years in here. We're going strong. Uh, no end in sight yet. But folks, you think this is going to last forever? <laughs> you think this store with these prices and these crazy hand rolled films are going to last forever? Wait for the day I wake up with some arthritis. <laughs> in the year twenty five twenty five. Yeah. I will say this. Thanks, everyone out there for listening and all the, the social media sites. You guys are great. And I know it's a club and you feel like it's yours and you don't want to share, but <laughs> please share. Please share. When you see something on the FPP Facebook, share it. Uh, shout out about FPP. I love all the Instagram shots when you guys do the unboxing. Oh, yeah. You know, with the stickers and the fun stuff you get. So I really appreciate all that. So, How is that Instagram? Love it. <laughs> love it. It's my favorite social media wow. platform. Wow. We, fact, we are see. polar I I, opposites, I Mike. I put some things up there this morning. Yes. Yeah, from foggy, I'm, I'm from foggy morning in New Jersey. Time suck. Well, I was like, I missed that boat. I'm hoping to catch the next oh, one. Okay. You know, I, I'm way too late on it. Yeah. So. What I do like about Instagram are the people who treat it with their phone cameras as just a quick way of uploading photos. Mm-hmm. But there I see some people putting their their highly polished work up on there. And I think that's sort of a perversion of what Instagram's about. Um, you know, you've got, you've, you've got this little point-and-shoot phone, and you're using it to make cool photographs with. But where then there's some, some people saying, oh, after they did all their processing in Lightroom and yeah. all that, and they put their stuff up there, and you go, uh, don't like it. I, I, I appreciate people's finished work up there. Do you? I do. I do. We're, we're a film photography project on Instagram. I think she's an FPP listener. Certainly, I think she buys from the store. Her handle is Dust Bowl Ugly. Oh, wow. <laughs> One of my favorite photographers. And I, so I, I think I'm correct. Am I, if you're listening, am I correct in saying... Do you have a Pentax K1000 tattoo? What? I could have sworn that in one of your Instagram shots, you you had a, K, a K1000 tattoo. I saw that, and I thought to myself, that is the only tattoo I would ever get. Ever. That is the best tattoo ever. Oh, you wouldn't <laughs> get an AE1? Here we go. The only one I would ever get? What's that? The original Polaroid logo. Oh. Of the two filters that overlapped. Matt, I convert my uh, .mov Super 8 encoded movies to yes. MP4s. And I put 60 seconds at a time up. Oh, great. I have a lot of fun with Instagram. We're going to switch gears really yep. fast before we take a break. I love uh, Mark O'Brien. You put some general group discussions that are really cool. One of them is called, we'll go around the table. And I love the way you put it. How do you deal with a stack of negatives? <laughs> oh, yeah. How do you deal? We all have our own ways. That's oh. a question everyone has. And I have yeah. to tell you, it's yeah. like, I used to take, we'll go around the table. I used to take my negatives and put them in a white piece of paper folded in three ways. And then I'd wind up literally with a stack. And because they were in white horizontal, you know, almost envelope, they wouldn't stack properly. Then I switched to uh Reserve files. Yeah. But now I have a stack of those. Either way, you have a stack of. Right. 
What do you do with them? So I've been putting them in um, uh, film preservers. They're plastic. You slide them in. It's not going to surprise you folks that you can now get these at the FPP store (laughs) for a very good price. Oh, really? Why? Because they're useful. (laughs) And now every year I force myself to take my negs from the year and put them in a binder. How about you folks? Matt, we'll we'll go around the table. Uh, Well, prior to taking my workshop with Alan Ross, I just uh, hid them in the corner. Which is not like a, in a good, box. Yeah, it was. It, well, no, they're just kind of like strewn about. But yeah, and at my studio, oh, there's still it. some there, oh. cut or rolled. I mean, already cut in in sleeves, but just no order. Uh, then I started cataloging things. Now what I'll do is I'll wait till the calendar. Uh, just uh, last couple months, so I got to start working on 2016. I'm all, I, I'm all cataloged through 2015, but right now my stack for 2016, we're at a record year. Uh, my stack of 810 negatives is almost as high as uh, my microphone now. Oh wow! Uh, just we just hit a thousand. Uh, it's insane. Wow! It's been That's a ridiculous awesome. year. Insane. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know how I'm going to catalog it all, but I've already got scanned. So it's all scanned, but I haven't tagged it or so I actually create metadata and it, there's a database file, so mm-hmm. like an actual searchable thing. Oh, you have a you have a database file too. Yeah, and the database file is completely searchable by uh, date, number, and then I have these cool little flat files that are just mm-hmm. filed by uh, number, number and year. So slide them in. Adams Adam style. So, Mark, I pretty much do what you do. I have uh, those print file preservers, and I have uh, I should probably on the order of well over a hundred rolls of film per year. It's been my av- average each year for the last uh, ten years or so, and they all get labeled on the sheet. Most of that material gets scanned in, and when I scan it. <clears throat> I have a naming scheme that tells me what camera I use and what the film is. And then the other part of it is I have uh, I put them in three ring binders just like you do, and I think I've got something like eight, no, more than that, ten linear feet of binders with uh, <laughs> negatives in them over the past uh, eighteen years or so. And if you have, if you sh- when I was shooting um, slide film a lot back in the day, I had the same problem. I'd have all these slides in in uh, the little slide holders and in, in, in on the individual pages and have been hanging files in my in uh oh. just like you would have your you know your letters and so forth and i still have a lot that way but since um i've become a better photographer i've gone through some of those and really weeded out what i thought was just junk so and i did a lot of nature photography so it, a lot of that stuff just got tossed but anyway um with negatives Man, don't throw those out because uh, you can always do something with them. Tell me about it. Hey, hey, Mike, does uh, Film Photography Store, do, do we sell the safety binders? Ooh, what's a safety binder? The, the single most popular way to store your negatives in a clean archival manner. It, hang, it sits on the shelf like a, like a book. Leslie turned me on to them, and I swear by them. Yeah. They're perfect. Rather than like going to the staples. Rather than the yeah. pre-ring. And why? Yeah. Why? They're enclosed all the way around. So, so it's when like, you it's open like a the big lid bound up, book. it's kind of fitting down into a box. It's like a clamshell case. They're great. Safety yeah. binders, yeah. yeah. not peaky binders. View, view not all safety binders. binders. <laughs> Say, view all, I believe. Yep. View all safety yeah. binders. Safe-T binders, uh-huh. yeah. Oh, safety. I like that. And yeah. also University Products, which sells archival surprise supplies not surprise surprise <laughs> uh, sells sells similar oh, things they're made all. out of um yeah, view all. they're made out of uh, archival quality uh, cardboard with um, metal corners on them and mm. they they actually have a three ring 
system in the in the, on the spine, but the whole thing closes up and it's uh, they're very very secure. So it's like the old um, who's the business that went out? Yeah, uh, photo. Uh, oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. like their stuff. They're yeah. sort of like them. Yeah. Fo- photo impressions. Yeah, yeah. So if you're serious about negatives. Those are great. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They're rock solid. And, and you should be serious. Too, you spend a lot um, of time and money to do this. Making it happen. Yeah. That's, that's preserve I, what you have. Sold those exactly. by the case to Salisbury. We, 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 what is Salisbury? Salisbury. Salisbury. Professor Salisbury. <laughs> <What is Salisbury? laughs> Professor Jeff. It's a state. Oh, Professor Jeff. Yeah. Uh, Any. MPEX ha- buys those binders in by the pallet. I mean, yep. they're students. I, I make sure students don't leave. They're like, what is this? I'm like, no, don't uh-uh. put away your little inch and a half three ring binder. Get one of these. You're going to want to see what you did in school 20 years from now, and you're going to love it. And so. I'm, I'm like the rest of you. I use a print file page. My, I, I don't scan the whole thing. I see no point in it because in a few years, there's going to be something better to scan it with. Mm-hmm. I'm going to probably want to rescan it. So come in, Nigs, here. I'll just do it then. I use them to write all over, keep my notes on. The 35, the 120s are in print file. They do make 4 by 5 in larger sizes. But most of my, and I have an v- extensive vintage antique glass negative collection mm. and i do something called metal edge that's the man that's not the manufacturer it's a retailer and they do make proper ph sleeves oh, um, is that what the sleeve is on that this is a p this is oh, proper yeah and then i run them through my printer to get the what i want information on it so mm-hmm. i can fill it wow. in then there's also a mylar sleeve that i put them in mm-hmm. and those this are is, and those are neutral Yes, really. Absolutely. This is not my favorite one. My favorite one just opens like this. This one has to slide in, mm-hmm. but I can manhandle this because I'm, I have it sleeved and I slip that in. Yeah, there. I, I these, miss having sleeves like those. These fit into this is typically the one I use with the um, what do they call that? Uh, uh, some kind of a lock, a flip lock or something. Mm-hmm. And that's that's my favorite. But so I think I ordered it from Surprise because I get both <laughs> ordering the same number. So for folks so. at home, uh, what Leslie's uh, pointing around talking about are four by five glass plate uh, negatives or positives, whatever you're working with. Or, but or film. Yeah, w- when you're working yeah. with large format sheet films. Sheets. There we go. All right. Uh, when you're working with sheet films, you really have to uh, be careful what you're you're putting the film into because there's a lot of film surface area, a lot of chances for it to breathe out, uh, out yep. gas. So you want a very uh, something with a very neutral pH, something that's not going to harm your film over time. I mean, it, with stuff Leslie's got here. What's that dated back to? Nineteen teens. Yeah, this this is uh, oh this See, is going to be twenty. Nineteen twenty. Yeah, a lot of folks may like you say. Wow, well, you guys talking like glass negatives. You know what? In your travels, you, you're going to go to a garage sale. You're going to find them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This this summer. Negatives normally don't make that noise. Yeah, that and and these I do not put into a binder. Glass no. negatives I don't. They're different. They're sleeved. Um, I don't sleeve them. Well, I that's act, in a sleeve, no? This isn't a sleeve, yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they go into um, a filing cabinet. Yep. They're own, I, they get their own cabinet. They get their own cabinet. I have a head-high filing cabinet that has... 12, 15 drawers, and it was made for negative storage, and they just line up in there, and away they go. So this is my retirement job to catalog these. Look them all up. There's it's also going to be somebody else's retirement have. job. <laughs> of, of Findlay, probably around 14000 Now, I've just wow. acquired wow. another 1000 or so of um, some Pennsylvania, some Michigan, Chicago from the 1920s, which is amazing. Coming along for the ride. Right. Well, so that's how I... That's how you do oh, it. Oh, and then, then, of course, my paged one goes into that safety binder. Mm-hmm. Um, when I get done with a roll of film processing, 
scan what I need off of it, slips into the page immediately while it's still in my head. I write my notes on it, yep. and they go mm. into the binder immediately. So I never yeah. really have a backlog, and my binders are then by year, and I'm, requi- I'm requiring my brain to think, mm, I want to binders? That, uh, uh, <laughs> peaky <laughs> binders, yeah, good show. Uh, well photographed, but not here. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and they simply have the date on. But I'm thinking, Mike asked me for, have I ever shot tech pan? Yeah, I used to shoot a lot of that, and I have to kind of come up with a, a year frame and then just start leafing through them. So not as readily accessible or as efficient as Matt's method. We Saves had a, a time, um, <laughs> one of our Ann Arbor Crappy Camera Club members brought in a, a glass negative of something, one of her ancestors, and I made contact prints for her and also scanned it in. And she took it to her family reunion, and everyone was so tickled to see their great-great-grandmother yep. oh. and, and aunts and all that in this photograph. And it was, it was probably from the late teens. Very nice. Good topic, Mark. There we go. Yeah, that's great. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey, the dark room is a lab on the West Coast. And these days, because, you know, we're all shooting film, but, you know, the big question is, where do I bring my film to get processed? The Darkroom is an option, and they've really stepped up to develop all films. films. 110 film, 126 film, 35 millimeter film, 620 film, 120 film, 4x5 film, 8x10 film. Wow. One stop uh, shopping. Black and white, color print C41, color slide E6. E6. Uh, 120, 220, 35, 4x5, 8x10. Room. It's darkroom.com. They also do testing of awesome films like Lomo, X-Pro, Red Scale, True Black and White, Crossbird, Redbird, oh, Nightbird, oh, hey. uh, Infrared Films. All of us here at the FPP highly recommend you go there. They'll take good care of you. The Darkroom. Dot com. Tell them the FPP sent you. Yeah. Hey, we're back with a letter, and this letter is from Sam. Stella! <laughs> no, it's more like Stella! <laughs> Sam Stella. All right, Brandon, I'll read it like Brando. Well, <laughs> I wouldn't have done that, Sam, but you say yo. You're like, yo, Michael yo. and company. Hey, yo. From- oh. <laughs> I've been binge listening to the show, Shoe, all summer. I was previously something of a irregular listener after a friend of mine showed me his exotic former Soviet film, Shmina, of course, and told me about the FPP. I've been shooting film for about three years now, mostly 35, but also 120, 4x5. I have bad gas. But I will, That's personal. But I will spare you the details. <laughs> I started when I graduated school a year ago. If you want to stop reading now with the knowledge that I'm a grad student, I don't blame you. I have visions of like when the Fonz went back to school. <laughs> this is amazing. Keep going. And you have almost no time to shoot, process, print. But since, but since I have no class in the summer, I've been, I've been manically scratching the film itch. Of course, <laughs> your show is the perfect soundtrack to accompany what can only be considered, hopefully, contemporary photo psychosis. <laughs> it really is great. I just finished a few episodes with the motto, no violence has come up. <laughs> I'm sorry I can't remember this motto originated. Come on. <laughs> Beta vodka. Yeah. Beta rich vodka. But I'm sure you said I was probably mixing chemicals, but it seemed so obvious to me at the time. I shudder to think. 
the kinds of brutality necessitated <laughs> the motto in that first place. <laughs> a few days later, I received a Yashica Super Electro 800 Super 8, which I brought for my wife, who has a cinema background. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll finish regular, Sam. <laughs> oh, man. Enough. So I can breathe. <laughs> <laughs> so he bought his wife a Super 8 Electro 800, who has a filmmaking background, and trying to make, to make her understand my gassy affliction. In any, in any case, the Yashica wouldn't work. The meter was functional, and the battery check was working. But when we pulled the trigger, nothing happened. Oh, well, yeah. I was all ready to pull, pull it on the shelf and find another camera. As per Michael's advice on non-working Super 8s, then I remembered no violence. It occurred to me that a bit of hardened grease could be freezing the mechanics, and the swift smack of the hand might do the trick. <laughs> <laughs> it worked. <laughs> I would have never thought to beat the camera to get it to work if not for the FPP. I'll talk about the no violence versus violence in a second. <laughs> Remember that this technique was something once used by one of my contributors. Uh, one of the contributors. Matt, maybe? No, it was not Matt. No, Matt, no Matt. violence. I want to thank you. I'm going to go back to the voice. I want to thank you for inspiring me to be violent. It's probably saved me 30 bucks. <laughs> but now I want to know if there's a way to easily lubricate this camera so it doesn't freeze up again. Samuel Stella, MA student, University of Chicago, Divinity God. School. How about Divinity School? Divinity School. That's what it yeah. says. Wow. So here's a scoop. I was always nonviolent, no violence, mm-hmm. beta baka. No violence. <laughs> then Mark Dalzell, came, Mark Dalzell came sashaying into the show. <laughs> and then he's like, Literally, like, oh, again, we'll be like looking through school donation cameras, and he's like, uh, oh, I'm like, oh, this camera's not working. He's like, oh, give it to me. <laughs> so, he's like, okay, now it works. <laughs> <laughs> and I had a Canon T90 that froze. And I read up online. I'm like, it's like, take the lens off and smack the body against the concrete floor. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I did it, and it worked. <laughs> so I, I think this is like grease and stuff that loosens up. So I would say go no violence at first. Uh, you folks, the Leslie and Mark, you brought the lighter fluid. Yeah, something yeah. Na- to naphtha. naphtha. Anything with naphtha can loosen that up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just go to the Zippo section of your favorite store. Yeah. Some people Local use heat shop. gun. <laughs> What's that? Local head shop. To free up the lubri- lubricant. Uh, but you got to be careful with the heat gun because you can yeah. set your camera on fire. Yeah, don't. But, but, but you or, can also, too, just put it in your car. Yeah. Oh, Back yeah. of the window. Yeah, yep. yep, get it. And with, up along with your record albums. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, also use the Google. I mean, research yeah. before emailing me. The Google. <laughs> Re- do some thorough research uh, because there are you know, different techniques. Um, always be careful of your lens. If you're yeah. going to be yes. smacking things around. Or just sometimes look at your camera and threaten to do it violence, and it might just... Can, can they email Mark working. Dalzell direct if they got questions? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, I don't know what his email address is. Reply, yeah, just smack it on the floor. So, okay. yeah. Well, thanks, Smackdown. Sam, for the email. Uh, before we go, because we do have to go soon, I do have a package here mm-hmm. Ooh. from uh, my pal Ooh. Patrick Tobin. Hey, how's this cat? 
I don't know about his cat. Oh. But I always think back of the old days. When I say the old days, I mean like 2011, 2012. Yeah. When, early, uh, early Impossible days. Yeah, when we, like, you know, we, go, we would go sashaying down to the Impossible Project, mm-hmm. which had a retail store uh, downtown New York City. We go in there all the time. Like, hey, man, how's it going? Where's Dave? Oh, he's not here. And, you know, Patrick would be there mm-hmm. and the gang. Most of that gang is gone now, folks. But Patrick Tobin lives. Shooting impossible and, and teaching the joys of shooting instant photography. So the FPP, the online store, of course we carry instant film. Of course, listen, we have the best price on the planet. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, I'm going to make a note here. We're going to take a do- another dollar off for this show only. $20.99. Can't say it, Matt. What? what? $20.99 per pack of SX-70. Get out. Yeah. Really? Yeah. The wow. new stuff? Yeah, the new stuff. New film. Fresh. Uh, all the old stuff's gone. What's wrong with it? There's nothing wrong with it. It's brand new. Insane. Yeah. Probably got tossed around a little bit in shipping, but other hey. than that. Um, we all? We have SX-70, uh, 600, black and white color, and I don't know if we have Spectre, but just check, check the store, filmphotographyproject.com. So, Patrick, I emailed him before we started taping. I'm like, Patrick, you know... You know, budgets are tight. I'm like, can you send me some samples? You know, just so we can shoot and talk about. We haven't talked about new impossible emotions in a long time. I can't remember the last time. We've I can. <laughs> but it was before 2.0. Oh. Oh. Ooh, look yeah. at that. Ooh. that on the show. Look at that. Packaging. Yeah. All sorts of fun stuff going on here. Yeah, that's, that's the stuff that works in the, uh, the I-1, right? Uh, their, brand, their brand new camera. That's what I they would do have a brand sound effect. Do have a brand new camera. This is the re- this has a battery in it. Yes. And um Oh, okay. Yeah, so the SX70 I earmarked for Leslie. Woo-hoo. Ooh. Ready? So, yeah. Sweet. Sweet. Folks, yeah. at Could you do that one more time? I can. Sweet. Sweet. I mean, folks at home, you haven't heard that that's, in a while. That's orgasmic. Yeah. What do you I got nothing over there? I got nothing. You have, a, you have to have a I have a frog. <laughs> Mark has the frog. It matches your shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so, who wants, who wants black? Who's black and white? Oh, black guy? and white. Okay. Matt, you want uh, color borders or white borders? I'll do color borders. No, I'll do white. Yeah. Okay. I'll do, white I'll do white color. Ooh, I got, I got the Job 600. Oh. Look at that. I have nothing. The Job Pro. Job Pro. I have two. Oh, that's a 670, though. I don't want to take a film. Uh, let me grab another 600 camera. Okay. You're putting in black and white? Yeah. I'll do color, instant color. Boy, I feel like you know. Man, this, this is, is my no this pressure is my, here. This is my sweet treat. I love. Okay, the candy store now. Thank you very much, Mr. Tobin. Yeah. This is actually the candy store this is, is true. This is the second time this year. Impossible's hooked it up for me. This is. Uh, oh no, kidding! Yeah, I shot some uh, at, uh, Midwest Grand Opening for the new store. Of course. I had a, a fantastic evening with uh, one Mr. David Hobby, the strobist, and Mr. Uh, Gregory Heisler. We shot some large format uh, Polaroid. Or, uh, sorry, Impossible Films, yes. and Impossible was happy to reimburse me some film, which was oh, kind of, it was great of them. Nice. They actually sent our good friend uh, Josh Harrison down to celebrate the grand opening and talk about the i1 camera. So, uh, here we go again. Yeah. Ready? Oh, oh. Oh, that's, that's uncanny how, how synchronized that was. All right, I'm late. I'm late to the show, kids. It's, there, that Ooh. one has a little different sound. Yeah, uh-huh. it's got that late '80s wine. All right. So uh, I wonder what um, they're claiming. No, they're claiming no covering, right? On 
the yeah. straight point. Uh, in- indoors, uh, indoors, you're good. Out, outside, you still might want to yeah. give it a little keep little your, shield. Keep your card with you. Yeah, don't the, shake it. Shield it. Because the uh, oh, says that. Yeah. The, don't shake it. Don't bake it. The new the new i one has this nice little clamshell case you can get for it, and it has a little pouch where you can oh, like shield your film. It? Yeah, it's great. Opening up my package, Patrick. Oh, and then we no. want to we want to hear it too because we all did it yeah. while you were we going. Go. Wait, load it up. Wait, hold it up. Oh, thank you. Oh, great. Oh, that's, oh, that's sweet. sweet. Five to ten minutes. <laughs> Matt on has the, the construction can. <laughs> I love this thing. These are hey, great. Look, Mike Rose with you us. Look like a Tonka, Tonka toy. <laughs> yeah, I need a construction helmet. That's yeah. what I need. Uh-huh. A hard hat. <laughs> Let's take a little experiment here. Yeah. We'll take some shots here in the in the house. Oh. So, ooh. I have. A, I just pulled a camera out of a box yeah. in the back room. And it had film in it. It had film in it. Have to be down at the. That's it. Oh, good. That was my favorite picture. <laughs> and there were expressions on the, on yes. the, uh, what do you call it? The dark slide. Dark slide. Yes. Oh. We're Polaroid crazy again. It's just Ooh-ha! like old times. It's just like old times. Oh, you, you timing it, Leslie? I did. Oh. I just started it because. Oh, let's see. I put the color in, and it says twenty thirty minutes. The mm. black and whites are five to ten. Okay, and I did get to see a peak, you know, when this came out. And they used to be very, very dark blue. It's different now. It's a it lighter. Mm-hmm. It's lighter. Yep. The, it's uh, starting to look um, a little more Polaroid-like. Oh, and we can scan these in on our little Doxy scanner and make copies. Yeah. Nice. I'm gonna do a walkabout. I'm gonna shoot something. Folks, yeah. We'll, we'll folks, be right back. We'll be right back. <laughs> um, go get a cup of coffee or something. And we're going to be my, my pal from England, Pancho, yeah. Darren, Ballard, Riley. This is one of his songs. We'll be right back. I'm going outside to shoot. Look at him. There's a gent loops on our street. He got no pockets. And I wonder how he carries stuff. I drop it. Got nowhere to keep his keys and change It would surely drive me crazy, so deranged You can often see him in the morning walking And I think I've heard him singing, maybe talking His dead man's arms and me by his side I guess he got no place to put him in his stripes he got no pockets. 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 That man has got no pockets. His mother sticks them up when he was seven The surest way to get the boy to heaven Cause young boy's hands will wonder where they will But if you got no pockets, you can't get no thrills You got no pockets You got no pockets You got no pockets You got no pockets 
got no pockets. He got no pockets. He got no pockets. That man has got no pockets. Outside of the FPP, we're all we're all ooing and ahhing, shooting the new. It's actually considered, I think, Generation 3. three Gen yeah. 3, yep. But uh, it's all new packaging. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't say Gen 1, 2, 3. Just all new packaging. It's film. The, the, the film comes with a battery in it for all your Polaroid cameras, and they also make a, a film if you bought, buy the new Impossible Project camera. Impossible. It's dark slide. This one says, Sometimes I've believed as many as six impossible things before breakfast. Lewis Carroll said that. Uh, folks, head on over to the FPP online store, filmphotographyproject.com, and cash in on mm-hmm. your Impossible Project film for your Polaroid cameras. It's $20.99 for the next 15 days. Another super special here at the FPP because we effing love you. Hey, Mike. All right, yes. quick question because I'm, I'm dumb. I haven't ordered from FPP in a long time. No coupon codes. They just go to the store. It's there. Yeah, it's it's it. cheap. You're good to go. It's just no coupon codes. You just wow. go to the store. It's super cheap. That's That's great. Yeah. And uh, folks have been saying about shipping. <laughs> the USPS has informed us that we, we made an error early on. Uh, we were shipping media mail. Oh, uh-oh. Film, you can ship media mail. But expo- get this. Exposed film, you could ship media mail. So yes. let's say you buy a, like a 16 millimeter, uh, uh, student, uh, uh, 16 millimeter school scare film from the 1950s. You could ship that media mail. Let's say you ship all your your uh, developed film in print files in a big binder. That's media mail. New film, not media mail. So we ship first class up to 13 ounces, and then it automatically uh, shifts to priority mail. Got one dead. And that's the way it is, folks. We're doing the best we can. That's right. That's right. Well, that I hear some crumbling. Oh, save that for the next show. When you pop it open. Pop the top. Yeah, have you popped the top yet? Not yet. Oh, wait. We'll do it on the next show. Uh, I want to thank everyone for joining us. It's been a real good film of Palooza, covering some instant IR film, what's hot, what's not. And mm-hmm. we're going to be back in two weeks. Two short weeks. Can you make it? Yes, you can. We'll see you then. Mm-hmm.